Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Krause. Hi, it's Wednesday, and uh, you know what that means. Uh, hold on. Um, I... No, I'm blanking. I was hoping you knew, because I have no idea. Well... Since we have nothing else to do, I guess we can answer some questions from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. All right. Well, I guess we can do that. Here's this one from Lana Dampkite. Let's go with Lana. What made you write Sonic and Archie with those kinds of less, quote-unquote, heroic traits compared to his game and IDW counterparts? It's an alternative interpretation of the character I've grown to really love. I don't know what specifically you're referencing, but uh, I'm guessing it's everything that was inherited from the earlier bits of the run. Like Sonic, as of Saturday M and early Archie, had a bit of a jerky streak. And some writers took that in certain directions, and I inherited that when I came on the book. So while we were steering Sonic to be a little closer to his game counterpart, his game counterpart was also kind of being redefined at the time. So that's why it's a bit of a mix of everything. Alrighty. Here's a question from Lorelai. Was there any discussion of having a Transformers slash Sonic crossover with Sonic's philosophy being really close to Optimus Primes? If you squint a conversation between Sonic and Megatron would have been enlightening as of more than meets the eye slash lost light. Megatron is an Autobot who has taken a vow of pacifism the complete opposite of who he was during the war. He's the ideal and extreme example of Sonic's philosophy in action, but over the millions of years of the war, Megatron has destroyed thousands of plants and millions of sentient life forms. Since Sonic is probably more in line with early war Optimus slash Orion Pax, I have to wonder if Megatron would try to convince Sonic that his mercy for enemies might cost more in the long run. Eggman hasn't caused nearly as much damage, but at what point would Sonic realize there's a limit? If there has been discussion of a crossover, I have not been in those talks. So I don't know. I don't want to say no, never, because I don't know. But none that I'm aware of. Um, Ultimately, this is a stealth question about the Sonic morality thing, which is tiresome. But I don't think Lorelai is trying to be tricksy. I think that's just an earnest question, given that most of this is Transformers lore, which is really interesting. I didn't know any of this. So thank you for that. Mm Um. I don't think Sonic's going to ever have to answer that question. Honestly, I don't think it's ever going to reach that point. It's moot. Yeah. No, probably not. Lucky Lychee has a question. The Metaton action figure in IDW number 49 implies the existence of Undertale on Sonic's Earth, which implies the existence of Toby Fox on Sonic's Earth. So I must know, is this multiverse variant of Toby Fox a human or a nermy? If he's a nermy... Is he a fox or an annoying dog? I'm inclined to say he'd be the little dog, but I really want to just defer this to him. Because did you see his response to the Tumblr sexy man poll a few months back? No. <laughs> no. He basically presented this incredible narrative of why Sans won, and it's brilliant. So if he's, if anyone's going to answer what form Toby Fox takes in the Sonic verse, I would be really interested to see what he comes up with, because I think it'd be a lot funnier than whatever I came up with. (laughs) Please, no more Nermies. Here's one from Miles the Prower. Mr. Flynn, I gotta know, 
What do I got to do for you to unofficially continue the Mega Man series? Please, Ian, I need to see what you were going to do with Blues. <laughs> I don't feel right asking people to draw for free anymore. My fan days are behind me. I am a professional. I don't have time to really get into a fan production, uh, let alone manage one. So as tempting as it is to put the call out there to say, Hey, does everyone want to collaborate on something for funsies? I write it, you draw it. I don't think I can. Mm. That being said, I have toyed with the idea of kind of putting thoughts down on paper with my personal Patreon. However, I had not had time to update that in like three months. And I already asked my patrons there for writing prompts. Two folks gave me really good ones. I still haven't touched those. So I'm already behind on that. And that's just a for when I have time thingy. So I don't know. I keep an eye on my Twitter. And if I find time and if I decide to do it, you'll know through that. And you can read it there, I guess. All righty. Here's a question from Pedanticat. Considering how he rivals Sonic and Knuckles in terms of strength, how would a Mighty versus Shadow fight play out? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Like it just did be a better Sonic versus Knuckles fight. <laughs> like Shadow's not gonna pull punches and he's got lightning spears and little flamey kicky shoes, and Mighty is a boss who can tank a bunch of stuff and rip <laughs> trees out of the ground. Like the sheer collateral damage would be glorious. <laughs> uh, why hasn't this happened? Like, like you get Sonic and Knuckles clashing and, you know, skew, skew from the spin dashes. You get shadow and mighty clashing. It'd be like thunder and lightning cracking. <laughs> yes. They land a blow on the East coast and someone on the West coast goes, what was that? <laughs> Uh, God, my boy Mighty. That's right. God, love that guy. <laughs> IDW, can we just pay Adam Bryce Thomas to draw 20 pages of Mighty versus Shadow? <laughs> you know, I won't even script it. The script will be Mighty and Shadow fight. And then just let Adam work his magic, you know? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It does there has to there doesn't have to be any dialogue. No, the, the dialogue would distract. Yes, it would. I just want, I just want twenty pages of pretty pictures. <laughs> no, you know what? Forget that. It's a mini series now. Issue one, <laughs> Shadow and Mighty fight. Issue two, they continue to fight. Issue three, they continue to fight. Issue four, the fight wraps up within twenty pages. Adam, go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and then they keep fighting even after the fourth issue because <laughs> it just never ends. Just keeps going. <laughs> Sonic Annual 2023 collection of five stories they're all Shadow versus Mighty <laughs> yes all silent no talking pick up an issue of My Little Pony and all of a sudden they just come crashing through the panel still fighting <laughs> TMNT same thing goes through Transformers goes through the whole IDW line <laughs> shows up in freaking Godzilla <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, just throw them all in there. <laughs> oh, man. That would be amazing. I want this. Please. Please, Sega and IDW. <laughs> Here's one for Professor Scruffy Met. 
This month, my partner and I are celebrating our 10th year as a couple, which is fantastic, but complicated by the fact that I live in Australia and she lives in Canada. We've recently started talking about taking the next step and agreed that it would make the most sense if I was the one to move to her rather than her move over here. So, Ian, I was wondering if you would mind talking a little bit about your experiences and challenges you faced when you moved to Canada yourself, if it's not too personal. I'd be extremely grateful for any advice you can offer and anecdotes you're comfortable with sharing. Thanks in advance, my dude. Well, first off, congratulations to you both. Yes. Uh, Number two, I agree. Come over to the Great White North. Uh, We have less deadly animals, by far. (laughs) Uh, Moose will still really wreck your stuff, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but you see those coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A moose is an acceptable way to get smushed. (laughs) I don't want an octopus the size of my thumbnail to make me die for three days. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, no, nobody wants that. You know, when your ants are named after bullets it no clock spider uh uh-uh. uh mm. no 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 mm. no 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 and that's just you know there's trees that just catch on fire no, <laughs> well, no. i mean <laughs> that happens in california too to be fair yeah but that's because there's fires in california the australian trees just like randomly combust they explode because they hate people it's no i mean so you get mugged by kangaroos, man. No, Australia is a scary place. You know, all you Aussies down there, you're you're made of tougher stuff. I am not risking my flabby butt in your hazardous, crazy, bizarro continent. Oh, that's a, that's you're probably people. mostly just propaganda. Uh huh. <laughs> Whatever. The kookaburra exists to laugh at other people's pain. Okay, so but we're getting off topic. Uh, my move will have been significantly easier than yours i'm sure because i was on west coast u.s and moved up to toronto i mean east coast like US, not west yeah 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 <laughs> but, what are cardinal directions but you know philosophy yeah um that's like a 13 hour drive that's that's nothing you're going across the pacific so your logistics are going to be way different than mine uh Paperwork wise, I found it significantly easier going up than we were looking at Aaliyah coming down. I remember um, that. Yeah. Much better interface, much clearer directions on what forms to fill and when to submit and how much and yada, yada, yada. Uh, the government website is pretty well organized and easy to navigate, or at least it was when I did it back in the day. And to me, that is a huge hallmark. Uh, Since your partner is a citizen, you could probably uh, go like I am and go for permanent residency where they would sponsor you and basically be your guarantor saying that, you know, if you came over here and just decided to laze about forever and ever, they would take care of you. You're not going to do that. I know that, but it's just making sure that they don't just dump some random schmo in their borders and have them wandering willy nilly. You're, you're coming over here to be part of the country. Uh, so the paperwork is not terribly difficult. Um, I needed to like a special doctor's report and had to go somewhere to get a doctor who's particularly, certify it or whatever to check me over and say, yes, he's not carrying the plague. You can let him in. 
had to do a criminal background check to make sure, yes, he's not carrying the plague. You can let him in and, you know, filed the appropriate paperwork and money and whatnot. And I want to say everything was more or less processed within a year or two. Now this was pre COVID things may have gotten a little slower since then, but it was mostly that time and money were the biggest hurdles. Uh, do be aware that when you come over and you bring your things with you, there are import fees. And, uh, in my scenario, I'm not going to get into too many details here, but I got really, really lucky. Things could have been much pricier and would have caught me by surprise. So do make sure that when you look into a service to ship your things, that all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and there isn't any surprise fees or what have you. Because that could have been real bad. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're going to have to declare it as your stuff. Because if it's somebody else's stuff, they have to pay import taxes. Which, that, that, can, get, that can get a big number real fast. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the way I moved my stuff is I found a service that packed it all into a shipping crate and took it to a shipping facility. And then I just came there with a moving van and picked my stuff up, which in that regard was pretty straightforward. I don't know what services are available to you, but I'm sure there's something out there to keep it nice and simple. Keep it as simple as possible. Really. When you get down to it, uh, pets, if you have any, thankfully I was able to drive mine. Um, but yours will need all their documentation. Uh, make sure that they have all the shots that are needed in both countries and that you have all licensure on hand. And for the love of God, find some way to keep them with you. There are so many horror stories of pets being lost in luggage or things going wrong in transport. Uh, No, absolutely not. Not even considering it. Declare them your service animal if you have to. I don't care if you're abusing the system. Keep your pet with you. I I don't care if it's illegal. Do it. (laughs) I, I will say screw the rules on this one. I don't care. Keep your fur babies with you. Keep them safe. Um, and then once you're up here, oh, grab some Tim's. Enjoy yourself, eh? <laughs> well, I think he's at least been there before. So, you know. All right. Well, then grab yourself some more Tim's and then relax even more. That's eh? right. That's right. I mean, Beware there, the moose. There's, there's, there's always a good excuse to grab some Tim's, eh? Uh, used to be. They're not as good as they used uh... Yeah, I know. But that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, I know. Didn't they get bought by an American company or something? Something like that, I thought. Burger King, I think. Is that what they own? Is that who owns them now? I think so. But in summation for you, Scruffy Matt, uh, find ways to keep things as simple as possible. uh, And your biggest hurdles are going to be waiting for the paperwork to process and having the funds to make all of that go. So save up or have a very nice credit card ready. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Alrighty. Here is a question from Sammy. Something I've been very happy with lately is the return of the Sonic cast. Just the way you remember them. One character I was so happy to see Sega change their mind on is big, the cat. As we all know, Sega announced years ago, they were retiring the character. They've since gone back on this. Always loved when big appears in the games when he has nothing to do with the story. Like SA two or now frontiers, but a big, well, part of me misses when he did have some involvement with the story. 
Do you ever see Big get getting a larger role in the game or IDW again? Big in general is always the everyman, just an average Joe thrust into a story way bigger than him. So it makes sense why he isn't involved much, but I'd still love to see him like heroes again. Maybe, I don't want to say no, never, but I think you're right. He serves the role better as your kind of civilian character, your average guy, or my personal favorite, the running gag. Like, I don't care what you say, him showing up in the background of SA2 is hilarious every single time. <laughs> um, the idea was really sold on me in Secret Rings where, you, you know, could stop in certain places and then there's big and you unlock the journals about him somehow being in the storybook world looking for froggy and fishing <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite lines in frontiers to be honest is when you encounter big but that's possibly spoiler territory so we won't go there uh but if the story necessitates it sure i can see him showing up to help out something akin to team sonic racing or you know, even in Sonic Heroes, where it's like he just happens to be there and gets involved. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on the story itself. Uh, uh, you can't have Big 2 involved with the story, because then the story would just become about him. And, well, he doesn't want to overshadow everybody. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a benevolent god in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question from Scurvy Pirate Dog. I've played Sonic Frontiers two times now. Despite some personal issues, it's a fantastic game. Congrats, Ian. But with Frontiers, many people have described it as us entering a new era of Sonic. So it made me think. My first game and introduction to Sonic was Generations. So I never grew up with the series. So for you, who grew up with it, what was it like when SA1 was released and the series first entered its modern era? With the new designs, new tone, etc, etc, etc. What was that whole experience like? That was a trip, my dude. Like... I still remember being in my school computer lab and the first handful of screenshots leaked and people were losing their minds because they were, they were too impressive to be fake, but look at Sonic and his long quills and look at tails. And is that a robot? Are you playing as an Eggman robot? How does that even work? And just, it was mind blowing to be perfectly honest. Because the last thing we had really had was 3D Blast. That was isometric. That way, 3D, get out of here. <laughs> like, the closest we had ever seen up to that point was the Hub World and Sonic Jam. And that was, like, <sighs> rough polygonal stuff. Not that, to appreciate it. That was a tech demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was so far beyond it. And, like, when the first videos came out, and they showed off that opening sequence from Speed Highway. Mm -hmm. And Sonic hits the boosters and goes through that corkscrew. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Like, I remember a friend of mine playing it for the first time. And he was a big Nintendo fan. He, he liked to throw shade at the Dreamcast. And he starts playing it. And he just starts screaming overwhelmed at the speed. I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now you learned, don't you? Yeah, didn't you? <laughs> it, was, it was thrilling. And a little disorienting, too, because the art style that they debuted the characters in was so radically different yeah. than anything that came before. It was very divisive. Uh, some people really dug it. Other people thought it was too extreme, too far, too much of a departure from what Sonic was. Good old uh, green eyes, yeah. No, 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 not going there. 
uh lots of lots of talk over the heavier redesigns like Eggman and Amy although there was a ton of excitement that Amy's actually freaking playable you know yeah yep uh I remember a lot of hatred for Big the Cat. Yes. Who is this Big Cat? What kind of name is Big the Cat? And you fish? That isn't anything remotely Sonic-like. What are you thinking? Why are you shoving this fishing tech demo into my Sonic game? And We we didn't know at the time. We have since seen the light. It may may have been a weird Sonic thing, but it was... Totally in character for Sega. <laughs> so Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it it's kind of hard to explain. It's like how do you draw comparisons to that today? You know? It's it's kinda of like I think back to when like Mario sixty four first came out and the sense of freedom that it gave you, like, oh my god, I can walk through this field. Yeah. There's a mountain over there and yeah, it looks like there's a world beyond. Nowadays, you see that it's like a very simple polygonal bowl inside of a skybox. But back then, just even conceptualizing moving in the third dimension was huge. And nowadays, it's just so commonplace that, I don't know, I feel like you lose some of that wonder. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt that kind of expansive, breathtaking wonder since Breath of the Wild, that was the first time in a long time I felt like, oh, wow, I feel like I have entered something new. Mm-hmm. And Adventure was like that. Because the last really major Sonic title we had, Sonic 3 and Knuckles was the big Sonic game still. Right. 3D Blast was an attempt at 3D. And if you had the Saturn, you know, sure, the special stages were impressive, but we didn't have anything remotely like it. So for something this crisp and fast and different and robust to come out, they're talking, they're with people. What is this? It was, it was wild. It was a very, very radical departure from what had came before. And uh, just to, to be there, it's like, there's a lot of excitement about what, not only Sonic was going to be what Se- what Sega was going to be because you know they were the first to market with the Dreamcast. They were here. They got they had big things to say. They came they came out strong with uh, Sonic Adventure One. So uh, unfortunately, they didn't keep that momentum up. Obviously, and now we're here, kind of <laughs> lamenting the death of the Dreamcast very early. The, the very sad death. But uh, yeah, I I don't know if we'll ever really see anything on that level again in terms of Sonic, in terms of a shift. Because Frontiers is kind of a... uh, mm, It's a bit more understated, you know? And there's still a lot of the old, modern Sonic DNA in there. That, and I think folks are used to Sonic kind of reinventing himself every few titles. That too. Yeah, we've kind of gotten to that point where it's just not quite... <clears throat> There's not the same consistency like there was with the Genesis era. So, yeah, it's it's a little different now. But I don't know if ultimately we're looking at a new era of Sonic. Maybe? Maybe. It'll be interesting to see uh, what it's like going forward. Here's a question from Smiley42116. Fun scenario time. You are locked in a cell where the doors are indestructible and so are the walls. You're stuck in there for a whole month with Surge the Tenric. How will that go? 
Well, you didn't specify the floor or ceiling, so I'm going to run. <laughs> Which gonna... is a moot point, because she will also be able to get out, and she's way faster. So, uh, to the spirit of your question, I'm locked in a room with Surge. Uh, I am a pasty fat man, and she is a literal living weapon with electric powers. Uh, once she gets tired of occasionally tasering me for fun, she'll probably just kill me and then be lonely for the rest of the month. <laughs> I mean, that would be exactly how it would go for me, too. I mean, <laughs> I, I, that's all I could think of. Like, yeah, it just would not survive. So, oh, well, here's a question from Sequoia. Because of the lyrics of Vandalize, should we assume that Sonic's race car bed is destroyed? You know, because his bed is in ruins after effing the pain away. Bumming up this standard question by Tick Tick because I absolutely need this answered immediately. I'm sorry, but also not. Maybe you should be sorry. Well, Ian? I'm trying to decide how to respond because we're a family show, Kyle. Hey, you know what? I Sega's the one who licensed a song with this line in it. I know, I know. And <laughs> they I, made the decision. They brought this on themselves. Someone probably should have said something. <laughs> I have an answer that would be right in theme, but darn it, we're a family show. <laughs> so I'm going to be boring and say, don't take the lyrics too literally. That's not even the lyric that's actually used in the game version of the song. So I know, you know. I know, I know. <laughs> it is funny though because it still talks about the bed being destroyed. The bed is in ruins because you fought the pain away. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. The head is in ruins. The bed is in ruins. <laughs> Why do you pay money for this? We're back. We got this one here from Sonic Page. Asking for my artist friend, Space Cadet. A lot of people consider Sonic cute as he is cool. Do you ever consider this one writing him? Like maybe adding a little something here and there that might be deemed cute? Are we talking like ugu cute or like hunky cute? I'm, I'm not sure. I never really took Sonic as like puppy cute. Uh, it Kitten mean, cute. Fluffy chickadee cute. It's, I don't know. It, 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 Sonic Sonic is like definitely the kind of character where your mom would look at and go, oh, he's adorable. He's cute. No, mom. He's cool. He's sleek. Look at him. John. <laughs> oh, but he's so cute. <laughs> it's it's not an inspiration for my writing, no. Uh, yeah, but darn. if that's what you're getting from it and you're entertained, I ain't going to argue with you. I don't know, man. Sonic, Evan Stanley Sonic is pretty cute. He's pretty adorable sometimes. Okay, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. She she can go super cute with him. Yeah. All right, yeah, all, right yeah. all right, all right. He's, I he's you, such I a nice boy. <laughs> Pinch them <laughs> cheeks. And don't forget about baby Sonic from the movie. He's kind of adorable. After the redesign, yeah. Right. Well, yes. <laughs> let's, let's not get too hasty here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's one from Sonic, Sonic, Sonic. Hey, since it was stated that Gerald gave Shadow and Emerald souls, does that mean souls are scientifically understood things in Sonic's world that can be replicated with scientific means and not beyond scientific comprehension? In that case, 
Would ghosts also be considered scientifically understandable things in Sonic's world, considering ghosts are the souls of the dead? Maybe. Uh, mm. If the boos are, I don't know. Hmm. This, this is a big question. Mm-hmm. This is a big boy question. I don't mm-hmm. know if I have a big boy answer. <laughs> uh, hmm. I, I'm inclined to say that the shadow and emerald thing is more of a anime tropey, you know, I gave my creation life type of thing that it's not like he actually hard coded a soul in there. And that if you find the proper, you know, backup drive, you have shadow soul.exe, you know, that'd make for a fun Mega Man crossover, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think the implication more there is that he did give them life and their own individuality. I don't, I don't think it's meant that he actually made a soul. And we covered, we kind of touched on this in the last episode. We don't really know the nature of the ghosts in Sonic's universe. Like law was alive at one point, but we don't know if that applies to all the other ghosts or even if they're the same types of ghosts. Like, are there different hierarchies of ghosts, different species of ghosts? Can ghosts have species? I don't know. That That's a, that's a big question. I don't know if I got a good answer for it. Hmm. I don't know. Here's a question from Superior Pizza. I know you don't like the Rabbids, but Sparks of Hope puts a much-needed development on their species. With their Rayman DLC coming out, there might be a small possibility for either Sonic DLC or an entire Mario and Sonic plus Rabbids game. So how do you think the Sonic characters would work if this timeline were to happen? Story, characters, weapons, abilities, and stats? This I don't know because I know nothing of the Rabbids other than I wish they were launched into the sun. <laughs> um, I have heard nothing but good things about the you know XCOM rabid games that they're well put together that the mechanics are fun that as you have just said now that there is a deeper exploration into what the rabbits are and all that i i don't care i don't like them i don't know anything about them i don't want to touch them i do not like them sam i am <laughs> i i kind of dread the day that that crossover happens and now i have to do research on it because then i have to look into the rabbits I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But for now, I, I leave it up to you in the comments below to speculate because I am no expert on the rabbits and I will not speculate on that, which I have no clue about. If we got a Mario and Sonic plus rabbits game before we got just a straight up classic Mario and Sonic crossover game. That seems like the kind of cool. Would be like, dole out. That would be almost as bad as doing a Mario and Sonic Olympic minigame compilation game instead of doing a proper Mario and Sonic platformer crossover game. Hmm. I can almost see the teaser trailer. Mario jumping and leaping and wahooing. He looks over and Sonic is speeding through the loop-to-loop, leaps into the frame. They kind of square off. You're like, oh my god, finally. And then you just hear the raw in the background and the rabbit comes tumbling in with his half-worn Sonic hoodie. You and hear like, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. The screaming of excitement shifting to screaming of horror from the crowd. Who we were like, no. Oh man. Oh. 
Nintendo and would, would like Nintendo try to would turn t- them into badniks, and so you'd get a bunch of ugly, rabid badnik hybrids. Nintendo would totally do that too. It's that's Nintendo's some, style. Ugh. Some idiot motobud rabbit trying to pick his nose with a claw arm. And they cut away right before it gets gory because that's funny. And oh, I'm making myself mad. <laughs> what is this? Minions? Actually, yeah, pretty much. Oh, dear. Oh, boy. Here's a question from Tempo. Can wisps combine powers? Since they are purely energy beings, I imagine wisps like Burst and Quake could merge to create magma or something. And before you call it a fan idea that you can't use now, technically they did before to create a final color blaster in the end of colors, as well as a few multiplayer exclusive combos. So it's in official media already. So is this on the table? I'm not sure. Because even in those cases, they are working together with a host medium vessel, I guess. You know, it's not the Wisps coming together to do all color blaster. It's all of them coming together in Sonic and manifesting. You dig? So I don't know if the Wisps individually can work together like that. It'd be a neat concept, but I don't quite know if that is on the table or not. Here's a question from way past ordinary. Hi. So there have been some grumblings here and there on the Twitter. How would really? you really? Just... <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. How would you describe the current character direction for Amy Rose? I personally love her in IDW and Frontiers. I uh, she's someone who's kind of finally found her center. She's a loving and vivacious individual who wants the best for everyone and will stand up for the little guy no matter what. There you go. Here's one from Winstar Osprey. With Lana Lynn the Sheep going on to make an appearance in the upcoming Imperial City arc, according to various wikis and previews, should we expect a return of fellow Restoration member and chief mechanic, a.k.a. Grease the Orangutan, named Pending? If so, how would you like to flesh out his character? Really, there are no plans for him. I, honestly, there weren't plans for Lana Lynn either, to be perfectly honest, but she just kind of kept showing up, and that turned into a thing. But I don't foresee him being nearly as reoccurring. And I really don't see him being any kind of mentor to Tails. If anything, Tails could teach him a thing or two because it's Tails. Tails is a genius, man. He's like Eggman levels almost. So, yeah. There's one from Zekartunist. You're both commissioned to make an open world video game that also has Capcom beat-em-up and JRPG elements. The name of this game is LeVar Burton's Armageddon 98. The Revenge! Your budget is Yakuza levels because the CEO has gone loco. What's the plot? Who's the composer? And who's the director? That's oddly specific. <laughs> it's like, where did you come up with this? Uh, I guess it's a celebration of Mr. Burton's career. As it and should be, dang it. Culminating in him been... actually landing the Jeopardy gig, right? <laughs> Have him fighting literal forces of ignorance, like orcs and goblins and things, with books and potential techno babble and loving call outs to his signature roles in popular media while also appreciating all the other things he has done and treating him like a living human being and not just 
the avatar for your personal geekdom mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, Capcom beat em up fighting <laughs> that has a JRPG level system. Uh, Kyle, who would be the right composer for something this bizarre? And it's Armageddon 98. So number one, there has to be a pirate theme in there somewhere. And number two, it has to be 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm trying to decide if I should do like a serious answer or a joke answer. I mean, I think both are appropriate. I'm trying to think of what I would do for you. <laughs> who, would I, who would I want to compose for each one? Like, Hmm. I feel like it's cheating to say T-Lopes because he can do anything. Yeah. He's like the Swiss army knife of composers. Yeah. No, I'm thinking like someone from the 90s, like Tim Fallen. <laughs> I mean, just bring that guy out of retirement. Have him do some crazy prog wink chip tunes. I need that just for this. Do some blasting. Or I don't know. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I don't know who the director is going to be of a game like that. I don't know. Oh, it, for something like this, it's got to be like Suda 51. <laughs> okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> like who else is going to take such an eclectic idea and make it a functional game? Yeah. You know, <laughs> honest, honestly, who else out there could take LeVar Burton beating up pirates while dressed as Jordy LaForge singing the reading rainbow theme and throwing books that have JRPG stats. No one else. I'm pretty sure he did make that game at some point. It was just called something different. Oh, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm feeling like, all right, I got one. Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, Daytona man himself, of course. I'm going to go this direction again. Just because I can so clearly in my head hear him singing Reading Rainbow. <laughs> it's It's kind of frightening, actually. I'm... Hmm. <laughs> I can. It's, it's, it's scary how much I can hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's hear this. Let's make this happen. Why not? Thank <laughs> uh, you, Zick Arthurist, uh, for your questions. <laughs> In the meantime, I think it's time we jump over into the Frontiers Spoiler Zone. Warning! Frontiers Spoilers Ahead! If you've not played Sonic Frontiers and you don't want to be spoiled, then uh, run away. Turn back now. If you want to hear some spoilers, here we go. Starting off with this one from Pen Dolce. Since you wouldn't argue about the IDW comics being canon to the games, does this mean that the events like the Metal Virus until issue 50 happened before Sonic Frontiers? Or will there be small changes to adapt the characters and their stories to the games? Totally not asking because I'm worried for Dr. Starline being dead in the game verse too. Nope, not at all. <laughs> like I said before, don't worry too much about where everything fits right now. That's not super important. You know, the IDW stuff can happen and the game stuff can happen and they're not contradicting each other. So don't sweat the details right now. Yes. We'll worry about that later. If Starline ever shows up in the games, then might be something to worry about but right now don't don't worry about it look if if azuka son says hey i want starline for the next game he's gonna get resurrected i mean who are we gonna say no <laughs> well i mean you can either resurrect him or just set the game before 
issue 50. If Sega says we want Tails to be a purple bandicoot now, guess what? He's a purple bandicoot. I don't care what the comics are. It's what he is now. We'll have to scramble. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, boy. Don't give them any ideas, Ian. Apparently somebody at Sega listens to this show. I don't know why. I think they'd have something better to do. (laughs) Make sure I don't say anything too stupid. (laughs) Turn this off and do your job, Sega. Get out of here. Here's a question from Noni. If Sage owned a chow, what nickname would you give it? (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Kind of hung up on the idea of this little sour-faced chow with that cinnamon roll hair over one eye (laughs) maybe even give it enough of the bat so it has like no legs and it's always floating around like a ghost yeah (laughs) oh do the do the uh jewel and the metal chow breeding glitch so it's actually transparent too oh man that's not a name that's a design but i i know i know but still yeah yeah i actually raised a chow like that made it love shadow named it maria (laughs) is this what you wanted maria to be transparent What would Sage see? I'm, I am so tickled by the idea of all the char- character Chow being the character's name just with a ch in front, no matter how awkward that is. Chonic Chales, Chuckles, <laughs> Chamey, Chuckles, <laughs> Chegman, Chet, Chage. That's just that's like the word change, but it's missing an n. And if you read it wrong, it's Chaje. And then, what is even that? I don't know. Would she struggle with it as much as I am? You know, mm. give companions names as she's learning what it is to care for a little critter and to name it and to bond with it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't really have a good one myself. Might have to stew on this. This might have to become a thing. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Ask again later. <laughs> Maybe she just names it Ivo. Uh, that would be kind of funny, actually. That would be a good way to sneak in Eggman's old name. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Here's a question from Scourge Time. How would a Scourge Frontiers go? How would this history go on Moebius with the Titans and the End? What is Anti-Sage and Kentobor's relationship? And let's not forget the Moebius version of the Coco. <laughs> Tiny little rock piranha chasing you around trying to gnaw your ankles off. No! <laughs> Do not want. Well, for the sake of simplicity, we're just going to assume that the ancients and the end and all that are the same across universes because trying to inverse that is. <laughs> no, that's the lazy approach. Don't back out, Flynn. Whole hog of this. All right, so. The beginning. <laughs> The ancients were marauders, and the end was this benevolent spirit trying to protect the universe and tried to chase them off for the greater good. And it's still locked away in cyberspace, but the Titans are actually evil. And let's see, Scourge finds out that Dr. Kentobor is trying to find some kind of new power source to bring benevolent world peace. So he's going to go stop that jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's going to take that power for himself if he can, and that's why you've got Miles and O'Nux and Rosie kind of tracking him down on top of everything. Yeah. 
as the end speaks to him and says that he can tear down the walls between dimensions and save his friends, he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I want them to stay in there. If I kill the Titans, they're going to stay, right? If I break the keys, they can't get out? All right, cool. Uh, proceeds <laughs> to pick a fight with everything just because he can. You know, that Titan threw him into a mountain? Well, he's going to make him pay for that. Uh, very super scourge fights. He tears them apart because he wants to, but he loses the power because it drains him and he has to let it go per island. Yeah. That's a nice enough workaround, ain't it? Uh, sure. Yeah. He he accidentally opens the various cyber prisons because he wants more power. It's an easier power grab. Oh, wait, no, the cyber corruption is killing him. Dang it. He didn't think of that. Fooey. <laughs> and at the end, the end realizes that Anti-Mobius is just a crap hole of a planet, so it's going to nuke it. And the <laughs> others are like, well, we can't safely use the anarchy barrel. Darn it, we're going to have to revive Scourge so he can save us. He's not going to save us in particular, but he's too proud to let his planet die to somebody else, so he'll at least fight off the end for us. Uh, as for Anti-Sage, I don't know what you call her, Nutmeg. <laughs> um, <laughs> ages, Agnes, it's Sega with an N, I don't know. <laughs> Scholar? Yeah, maybe. Know-it-all, Brainiac. let's not go there but maybe let's let's see she instead of sage who begins to develop a soul and wants a greater understanding of who she is and have a actual relationship with Eggman we've got nutmeg who realizes that she's becoming more human and hates it this illogical virus invading her coding. No, no, no. She will be sterile and impersonal and just a machine as hard as she can. And she can't. And it pisses her off. No, she can't be mad. That pisses her off. (laughs) She's just this really passive, aggressive, angry little thing. Mm -hmm. She hates the Kinderborg gave her life. She was perfectly happy not existing. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's one way to do it. (laughs) Uh, uh. <laughs> I kind of want to see this, even though I know it would be like a very tragic ending and it would not be a very fulfilling experience for the player. It's still be kind of fun to see. <laughs> you get to the end, Super Scourge goes off to fight and Nutmeg's like, ah, he's going to do it wrong. I have to go do this. Whoosh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on to this next question here. This is a bit of a beefy one from Super Luigi 018. How did the Gaia Temples factor into the new Chaos Emerald lore introduced in Sonic Frontiers? Sage says that the ancients came to Earth along with the Chaos Emeralds tens of thousands of years ago. After the end attacked yet again, a small group of ancients brought the Emeralds to what is now known as Angel Island. The Emeralds remained on Angel Island until the Knuckles Clan was destroyed by Perfect Chaos 3,000 years ago, according to the Japanese Sonic Adventure Navigation Guide. But according to Sonic Unleashed, the Temples of Gaia were also created tens of thousands of years ago and are integral to the cycle of the planet and the time of awakening, Dark Gaia versus Light Gaia. The Temples couldn't have existed without the Emeralds, so they must have been created after the Ancients came to Earth. But they couldn't have been created before the Emeralds left Angel Island, after the extinction of the Knuckles clan. So how could the Gaia temples exist? I don't want to go into fine detail for various reasons, but something, some things to consider humanity 
as we know it didn't leave the African cradle until like eight, somewhere between 60 to 80,000 years ago. So even on that time scale, if the ancients had arrived on earth 90,000 years ago, that's 10,000 years between major species events. I don't think it's safe to assume that the chaos emeralds didn't move at all ever in a period of tens of thousands of years. And also keep in mind that, you know, this game is written well after Sonic adventure and there are adjustments being made to the lore. So not everything is necessarily going to stay intact, especially obscure Japanese only numbers. So if, if the let's just for pretend numbers, and I do mean this just for pretend numbers. If the ancients arrived 90,000 years ago and the Gaia temples were built 89,000 <laughs> years ago, that's still a millennium in between the two events. So there is a lot of time for things to have happened. You could have nine reader repulses in there. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw these numbers floating around, and all I can think of is, after 10,000 years, I'm free! Now I see the Megazord fight a Titan. <laughs> oh! 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 Uh, yes, please! Um. Uh, Quick, somebody give Knuckles the dragon flute dagger. <laughs> um... Let's see. Can Yo, we get... Knuckles standing on the edge of Angel Island playing the flute dagger. Dragonzord oh. comes out of the ocean and just gets like eye level with Angel Island. Can can we Green Ranger Knuckles? Yes, please. I don't uh, care if he's red. Green Ranger Knuckles. Uh, uh, all right, let's get Adam on the horn. Uh yes, yes. <laughs> I do want. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. All right. <laughs> And with that tangent out of the way, let's get into our last question for this episode from Wheelie Doe. Regarding Frontiers' Egg Memos 10 and 11, there seems to be some confusion around what Eggman found. For example, when he says the ancients died within a generation after attempting to rebuild, did he mean the entire race? Or was it limited to the ancients who remained on the island, while whatever group who took the Chaos Emeralds managed to escape such a fate? More importantly, Eggman specifies that the ancient DNA corroded over countless years into something unrecognizable. Is this referring to their kind somehow escaping a fate of extinction by evolving into a new species after the fact, superseding the previous memo? Or is it referring to an initial evolution that led them to become their form seen in the flashbacks, akin to how Chaos evolved from his Chow form using the emeralds? I see where the confusion is. Yeah, and... I wish we had had more robust narrative tools to tell more story, but that is always the case in every medium. Always. Mm -hmm. uh, the generation that died out were the survivors of the Starfall Islands. As the end attacked, those who survived that onslaught were wiped out. Uh, the ones that left were the other population that over the tens of thousands of years devolved into other stuff and eventually wound up as chow as we know today saying a chow and an ancient are the same is saying that you know a homo sapien and an australopithecus are the same thing they're not 
they're different creatures entirely, but there is a continuity between the two. Yeah. I guess that makes much sense of anything. But yeah. I, also psychic water tentacle aliens. Only so much is going to make sense on a biological level. <laughs> I'm actually the, I feel like the egg memos were, I feel like the whole thing wasn't given the gravitas it deserved. Like it's not immediately obvious what the egg memos even are when you're looking at them. And it's just kind of a, they're just kind of there. Like, I I love them when you actually understand what they are and you listen to them, but if you don't know about them, you can completely overlook them, and then a lot of the game's story just kind of... I don't want to say it doesn't make sense, but there's, like, a lot of things you could miss. So I was a little disappointed by that, but... Eh, well, maybe next time. Integrate it a little bit more into the uh, into the whole narrative. So we'll see. Anyway, that's all we got. Yep, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. But first, we need to give a big thank you to all our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. Big thank you to Daniel H., James K., Jennifer R., John B., Robotnik Cone, Sam Cybercat, Samuel P., Torchbound, Mike B., Dave M., Andrew D., Salute Cat, Couplin Crew, 128, J. Frost, Do As Diz Den, Hero of Light 13, Professor Scruffy Matt, Noni, Chris A., Sonic, Triforce Riku, John M., Jib, Yami M, Fionan M, Lee HK, Lisa M, Ben Wolfsbane, Sonic, 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 Chevelle, Scurvy Pirate Hog, Keeper of Monsters, Axis, Arc Fighter, Xanderoni the Painter, Tick Tick, Jonathan D, The Name is X, Nimric, Godzilla, Nondal, Quaggle Gaggle, Starlight Sec, Cameron H, Justin S, Twilord, Ava Arctic, Dove, Alex GS, Just a Mountain Soul, Dadler the Dalek, Sonic Legacy, Chaos Sonic 1, Pedanti Cat, The Disgan, Red the Supernamic Les, Jennifer H, Chad, Jolene B, Alphamon or You Can Ink Thinks, Joshua S, Omega Watt, Dapper Shinks, Of the Stars, Preston M, Noah S, and Tails, Sonic 84, Kojiro Highwind, Awesome Cakester, Supersonic Fan, Derusival, Radri, Yuma221, Chase L, Callum Q, KJB, Red Wolf, Wild 48, Chaos Shadow, Miles the Prower, Navare, Exodel, Agent Kaz, Four Sonic Fan, Rhythm Raccoon, Puppy the Scholar, Pig Dan 20, In Zephyr, The Marble Gardener, Mox, Miggy Sawdust, OnBD, Temista James, Indebend, Oz Jam, Shimmy M, Curly Quills, Angela V, Vlad Crooker, Wild Cards 717, Z Broadcast, IPC, Smiley 21, Sammy S, Bushmitten, Michael P, Sterling Sonic, Jack C, Wheelie Doe, Sandra BH, Congo, Rocketman, Wind Skull, Supernova, Superior Pizza, Sonic Padge, Delta God 77, Thigolf, Philip is Cold, The Crucified Devil, Loop D Loop, Omega Man 21, Lacey M, Dominic Raccoon, Planet Breezy, Caswell, Mr. Murderbird, The Giant Murdering Bird, Unity, Key Drain, Lori L, Native Nerd 27, Jason G, Cody G, Lucky Lychee, is it time if she only knew? Tetsu Knife, Ultra Guy, Levi C, Crabo, Nils, Sonic Mania 2099, Hadronis, Noob 600, Salato 02, Pele, Bug Party, Guts, Black Doom, definitely not a worm, way past ordinary, Z Cartoonist, Danny the Light, True Cosmic Digilab 79, Zapon Sirion, right? Sirion? Yeah. Zapon Sirion, Cardio, Ryuko Shino, Sonicbot, El Technopada, Buttered Noodles, Miles Prower D, Frost the Hobbiton, Metamode, Wheels 2882, Hedgehog, and Jamal S. That list of names is massive. How 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 does this keep happening, Ian? I, I don't know. People like us. They really like us. Alright. Weird, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't question it too hard. 
<laughs> be good to yourselves, everyone. Be good to each other. And we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. I will question it a little bit, though. Hmm. Guess there's no accounting for taste. Not publicly. I mean, you're, you're cutting this part right. It's not going to be the after credits. We may just have to start recording more often. Oh, darn. You have to talk to me more. Oh, crap. <laughs> well, if you talk to me this much and you don't hate me, I guess. Well. Kyle, <laughs> I would be lost without you. Yeah, well, I would be lost without you, so <laughs> I guess we're in this weird symbiotic relationship that is... Uh, Hetero life partners forever. Is, is kind of dangerous in some ways. I don't know. Maybe we're too reliant on each other at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they're codependent! <laughs> there we go. That's the, that was the phrase I was looking for. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Actually, to a point now where things are manageable. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll he keep said, that not mo- looking at the mini backlog. Hopefully, we'll keep that momentum up for the next couple of minutes or so. <laughs> 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 oh. All righty, all righty. <laughs> You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T-Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, MP3 downloads, and more at BumbleKing.com and KNGI.org. All of them coming together in Sonic. 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 All of them coming together in Sonic.